This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 66 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we explore social media and its effects on the equine industry as well as dog ownership. In Tigapedia, we examine aloe for treating ulcers. Critter Nutrition focuses on EPM. And in our new section, Storytime, we tell the famous Kipling story of how the camel got his hump. Join us. And have I got a story for you. (laughs) Groundbreaking new stuff here on Healthy Critters Radio. How'd this come about, Tigger? How did did we end up doing Rudyard Kipling on Healthy Critters Radio? How did this happen? Well, we were sharing our favorite, you know, childhood poems and stories. And then we just got remembering... Um, I was going to say off camera, but, you know, uh, off mic, <laughs> off mic, um, some of our favorite childhood animal stories and um, Aesop's fables and Roger Kipling. And then we all just sort of got the collective idea of maybe we should start sharing those unhealthy critters. And so once a month, instead of coffee clatch, we will have story time. And this this show is how the camel got his hump. Um, mm-hmm. Also featuring Hedwig, so we have the whole Hedwig's cast. first dramatic role. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, yes, and um, so that it, it's going to be really fun. And um, if you're listening while you're doing barn chores, it'll definitely make you laugh. There's going to be a little chuckle yes, or two. If you're will. not familiar with the story of how the camel got his hump, hump, um, the casting. Oh. Um, is appropriate, I think. Patty, Brilliant, I would say. Yeah, Patty plays the camel. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I get to play the the din, the, the magician in the cloud of dust, which I think is somehow appropriate for me in a cloud of swirling dust that clogs my thoughts. And, yeah, it all, you, good casting, Tigger. Good casting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And Hedwig and Hedwig's um, servant have uh, roles as other animals yes. in the story. Yes. And uh, I'm the narrator. There we go. So it, it all comes out really... It's our first attempt, and it was kind of fun to do. I enjoyed it. It's break, it's, uh, I'm, I'm going to look forward to that every month. Me too. We're, we're breaking out. I mean, I feel like I'm expanding yeah. as a person. Yeah. I'm, and I'm also hearing stories that I've never heard before, which I know Tigger's like, what? You, you never knew that how the camel got his hump? Nope. Mm-mm. Did not. Did not. Oh, interesting. Well, for those out there who do not, you'll enjoy the story. And for those who do know the story, um, relive a childhood memory because it was lots of fun. If you have yeah. animal stories from your childhood that you think would be cool for Tigger to bring to story time, drop her a line. Just go on over to Biostar US on, online. It's, it's BiostarUS.com, right? Correct. And drop Tigger an email with her suggestions. Now, we can only do stories 
that are appropriately in the public domain for copyright reasons, but please feel free to suggest them and we'll check into it. I think it'll be a lot of fun. And this first one was our first attempt and they, uh, they also inspire us to think about what those stories mean. And as you're listening to the story of how the camel got his hump, what the lesson to be learned was in there. So uh, sit back and enjoy it. And in the meanwhile, we're going to start out, as usual, with our round table, which is going to be the effect of social media on our lives as horse lovers, horse owners, and canine owners. And uh, this is kind of, I thought this was kind of a thoughtful discussion. Yeah. So yeah. let's get going. Our roundtable discussion today is uh, on the social media effects of equine sports and canine ownership. And if you're wondering... What the heck are we talking about? <laughs> it's been two months now, and I've really disconnected from social media. And I think I've, ha- I've made two postings in two months. And I very rarely go to Instagram or Facebook um, now. And what I've discovered is that my mind is a lot clearer. I'm, I'm able to fill it with other things And I didn't realize how much it was getting filled with my attention on social media. That being said, I think there have been some very important benefits to social media when it comes to um, equine sports. You know, you find out really Mm -hmm. fast about competitions. Um, You can, you know, rejoice in how your friends recently did. Uh, and in dog ownership, people sharing their new dog photos and puppy photos and rescues. But one of the reasons that I wanted to just take a step back was there's a lot of like unfriendly, not nice social media stuff oh, as well. Amen. amen to that. And it almost feels a little bit like pollution in my mind, in my brain. Well, you know, there, you know, with all the the updates and stuff that's been going on with the, with the Facebook and stuff. I mean, I, I try very hard to, um, I use, I, I find that, that they are both very good uh, tools for advertising. And exactly like you said, I mean, you can get updates on, you know, obviously our sport is dressage and, um, you know, Tigger, you're obviously a dressage enthusiast and, and dressage rider, but you're, because of your business, it goes so far beyond that you can find out a lot of information and, you know, what's going on and, or, you know, how I, how I found my dog was through Facebook. I mean, I went and I I was able to do research on the breeder and, you know, stuff like that when I was looking for Burke, but, you know, there's a lot, there's a really a lot of good benefits, but I found that I just would read people's posts and then start to think that this is what somebody's life was like because of my interpretation of what I read for the post. And sometimes it was intentional, I think, by the poster. And I would realize that some of it was bumming me out. Like, mm-hmm. wow, their life is just so perfect. And it's just so this. And I have a pretty darn good life. And I was starting to feel bad about some of the things that I was or wasn't doing. And I thought, I, um, I'm i just going to stop being that part of Facebook. And I've had a couple other friends that have done the same thing. I do think there's there's still a lot of benefit. There is a lot of benefit. I mean, I do a lot of advertising, whether I'm doing clinics or I have a training spot open or, you know, like you said, finding, I mean, just, you know, 
being at the horse show and letting people know how my wonderful clients did and et cetera. So there's, there's some, you know, I think still think there's some benefit, but I agree. I think it can really get in the way of clogging your mind. I think that was, that's a really good way to say it. Jennifer. Hmm. I, I think I concur. I, I have a tendency to, I, I play around on Facebook a lot, obviously, because all of our podcasts have Facebook pages and we communicate with our audience that way and they communicate with us that way. So we find it an extremely beneficial tool, but we also police our Facebooks very carefully in that we don't welcome the, the troll or the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> um, we don't we don't encourage or even allow that sort of behavior. So when it starts, we're we're pretty good at shutting that down in a reasonable amount of time. But I can see how it can totally, like you said, clog your brain. Um, I work from home, and I'm not a particularly social person in that I don't go out and do social things unless it involves having a horse with me. So I find it rather beneficial to have my horsey friends on Facebook that I've got that I got to know over the years, but I don't live near anymore. It's kind of mm-hmm. like having them mm-hmm. next door. You can just stop by for a quick chat. Uh, so I've I've found yeah. it very very useful, but I'm also very particular about my personal Facebook page. Whereas Glenn has a tendency to just say, "Sure, welcome in." He's because he's a very outgoing, gregarious guy. And I am not, but it's nice to have my, my close friends on my Facebook page because that's really the only ones that are there. It's a very small group. So I can kind of say hi real quick, or if there's something that I think, Oh, they'll get a cook out of that or something, or uh, something pops up in my life that, Oh, that made me remember the time we did this together. I can pop in and say, you know, do you remember that? So I find it a very useful thing, but I think people who are probably a generation younger than I am, being a 50-something person, may feel pressured to have the gregarious Facebook page when they're not a naturally gregarious person. If they're not an outgoing extrovert, um, I think nowadays you're looked at like, well, what do you mean you're not an outgoing extrovert? Everybody has to be an extrovert. Everybody has to lay it out there. And they feel some pressure to do that. And um, don't. If you don't, if you don't mm. want to interact, don't. Yeah, one, I th- yeah, I think that's a really good po- point. I think that's a very good point. One of the things that have that, that sort of spurred me to take a vacation uh, from social media, and mind you, Biostar still does a lot of social media. I'm just not yes. involved in it. Is some of the attacks on horse rescues, dog rescues, you know, I it, it's very worrisome to me because it just there's no accountability. You know, somebody can mm-hmm. jump on and say whatever they like, and it's given us the privilege to say what we want to say, but without the responsibility for our words and for mindfulness. Agreed, agreed. And, and it's such a large audience. It's a, a very large audience. Huge and, and- audience. And and don't and I don't know if you feel this way, and I don't mean to cut you off, Tigger, but what I find is that a lot of people at night just kind of coming back, and it's their way to unwind, you know, after a long day's work. And you just see people just do and say stuff that is just like I've read through some stuff that I'm just like, oh my gosh, like if I were in a room, I would walk away. And again, you can walk away. I can, you know, go on to my next page and whatever. But it just, you know, 
I guess it, 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 I guess that's how you, you must go about and do your filters and stuff, but there's just been a lot of stuff that I agree. There's just been some, some animal stuff that, that, you know, when you see someone trying to do something good and you see something, somebody attacking it and it's just like, Oh my gosh, how could you even look at something this way? And it's, I, it's all personal perception. I'm, I'm certain, but, um, it, it just, um, it can be a bit much. And the, well, the great part of my life right now is that I, you know, um, I barely, very rarely watch TV. I just go sit outside and listen to the Bob Whites and watch yeah. my dogs run, you know, which is a great thing. Well, exactly. And um, I, I, I think fair, a couple of months ago, um, there was a sort of a, a drama on Facebook about, you know, this woman buying a dog and then these people jumped on her for why don't you rescue a dog and and it i i just it was like can't we get to the point where as long as you're not murdering lying stealing you know Mm -hmm. i I mean can't we just allow people to do what is best for them um and not make judgments about it and condemn them agreed i mean the thing that's so super cool about life is that you walk into a room and everybody in there is different. And why can't we embrace it? You don't have to agree with them. I mean, Tigger, you and I, we've been friends a long time. There's tons of stuff we don't agree on, but that doesn't yep. make me love you any less. I mean, it, you know, I love that you're passionate about stuff. And, you know, and that's what respect is. I mean, if everybody were the same, truly the, the movie Stepper Wives would be a real thing, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be that. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I appreciate that we can, you know, we can talk about this because I have a, a an intuitive, it's not even fear, it's an intuitive caution about social media mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm, I'm not had before. And maybe it's because I'm, I've removed myself from it so that I am more in tune to other things, which seem not more important, but less stressful. Well, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it is, I mean, we, I, and I'm sure you know this Tigger, but, um, Peter is not on social media a lot. He doesn't, um, get into all of that. There's a lot of feelings he's had about all of that. And, and, you know, I, 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 my Peter doesn't either. I admire my husband. Yeah. Yeah. And I admire, I admire my husband for many, many different reasons. And I think that, um, when it comes to stuff like that, I always try to think about how, how he would handle it, you know, and, um, and again, he doesn't do very many postings either, but you know, it is fun to share things, you know, of your vacations or like, you know, yes, when you go to Alaska or when, you know, you know, Jen, when you guys went on your trip, like, you know, that, that, that kind of, it's kind of fun. You, you be a part of that, but you know, that's for me and that and the business aspect of it, when I'm trying to advertise or do whatever, um, I kind of back out of it, and I and like and I'm very fortunate because my kids don't do a lot either, which I'm very fortunate. It's so funny because someone said to me recently, "Oh my gosh, I can't believe that you don't let Ramey have a Facebook page." And I said, "Yeah, he doesn't need it. No, I mean he does not need it. It's the last thing he needs is to be on his phone, sitting up there worrying about that. that is not something. And he doesn't. Yeah. He hasn't asked. He's never asked. Sixteen years old. So I think that's great. So let us know well, if Burke you asked have one, um... and I said no. <laughs> If you have any, um, you know, tips on um, keeping social media in in its right perspective and um, 
we should certainly love to hear about it. Go to HealthyCritterSRadio.com. Hello, Hedwig. Hello. What's up, yo? (laughs) 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 Sorry, Eddie. (laughs) We have a question for you. I get to ask the question today. Okay, Hedwig, this is it. Okay. We would like to get your opinion. No. On chasing. Dogs chase. Lots of dogs chase. And you are our go-to source for correct and appropriate dog behaviors. So um, how do you feel about chasing? When should it happen? Can it happen? Is, are there things that should be chased that shouldn't be? Tell us. Well, my human has very strong views on this in regard to my brother, Yuki. My brother, Yuki, is a large corgi. And he is obsessed, I do not use the word lightly, obsessed with cats. Uh-oh. We are told he is not to chase cats, but he does. And then the human yells, Loki, you get back here, you bad dog, you stop chasing that cat. And he doesn't. And the cat plays a funny trick on him. He doesn't see that well, per se. And so the cat makes sure he's chasing her, and then she runs right up a tree. Yes, up a tree. And then he runs into the tree. Because <laughs> he thinks the cat weird. <laughs> but it didn't. So if you ask me... That's just hysterically funny, like television. Um, only the best sort of television, wholesome and entertaining. <laughs> well, how would you, how do you feel about dogs chasing you? That does not happen, Tiggle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tig. You might recall, Wookie thought it would be a clever plan to do that. How did that work out for her? Do you remember? No. Poorly. <laughs> I oh. and wily, like a cat, to be frank. And when Wookie thought it would be such a clever plan to go thundering around after me, I went under a very low table and she went head first into it. <laughs> You know, I'll give her this. She didn't do it again. (laughs) How about things like squirrel chasing and, you know, rodent pursuits? (gasps) Rodent pursuits, yeah. Got left a dead chipmunk this morning in the basement. His leg had been chewed off. The cat is very fierce. Um, You know, I mean... Whatever, no harm, no foul. Chase the chipmunk, do whatever you want. <laughs> affects me. No problem. I fully support behaviors which are dog-like in others. Even if you don't chase anything. Um, I sometimes run after my sister if she gets too 
far away. But that's not chasing. That's so, not no, chasing. I, no, that's different. No. You're you're much too dignified for chasing, I think. My brother, oh boy, he chases his toys. He throws them for himself, which I think it pretty much encapsulates his personality. <laughs> no one play with him, so he plays with himself. So what what I'm hearing here, Hedwig, is when it comes to chasing, to each his own. If you're a dog who chooses to chase, that's fine. But dogs are not obligated to chase. And for dogs who have risen above chasing, that's just fine, too. My human is annoyingly reiterating one should not chase cats. Or cars. <laughs> no. Why would one chase a car? Yeah, talk to, talk to the herders about that. <laughs> I yeah. am a herding dog. Just not a stupid one. <laughs> well, thank you, you very much, Hedwig. Dog. We appreciate your input. Mm. Thanks, Hedy. Thank you, Hedy. No problem. We are now at our Tigapedia, and I have had <clears throat> um, different people ask the same question. And Tigger, the question is: Is a, is aloe effective for treating gastric gastric sorry ulcers? Yes and no. <laughs> no. Oh, don't you love those okay. answers? <laughs> Nothing treats a gastric ulcer like omeprazole, gastrogard. Nothing. It, it its action is to is a proton pump inhibitor stops the production of acid which gives the mucosa that is burned time to heal aloe works more like the drug sucralfate which is that it mm. coats the gi tract the issue with aloe is that there are many different grades and kinds so if you really want the the medical level of, um, of a sucralfate, you need a pharmaceutical medical-grade aloe. That level of aloe is not found in a health food store or the pharmacy. That mm. grade of aloe is um, $250 a pound. Now, if you've got a horse that has been treated for ulcers, is over ulcers, and is what I call ulcer sensitive, they have reoccurring sensitivity. Maybe not a full-blown ulcer, but they start showing the signs of being a little ulcery, girthy, bitey, doesn't, don't want to be brushed, maybe cranky under, under the saddle, maybe aren't eating so well. Now, those horses can benefit from aloe because you don't, you don't have a full-blown ulcer. So, all, you know, aloe, when you think about it on a burn, think of what, what aloe gel does on a burn. It, it actually forms a, a protective um, seal, if you will, coating mm -hmm. over the burn. Well, that's what it's it like does a little in the gut. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the idea over giving, you know, a, an over-the-counter aloe in the feed is that for these ulcer-sensitive horses, that's enough mucosal protection. 
Okay, I'm going to stop you there because I want to make sure that I understand this. So the stuff that you can get in a health food store at that point would be okay? As long as you're not dealing with a full-blown gastric ulcer. Okay, okay. So Just so, for ulcer okay. sensitivity. Okay, so because I've had people that go and get the, um, the jugs of aloe, which you can actually George's get. George's aloe, in, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's, it, I can even get it in Walmart. And I've had people that when they are going to travel, you know, they give, they give it to them just when they're, you know, they put the horses on the trailer, not that they've ever really had any problems. So, okay. Okay. Now, if I were traveling, I would be giving Gastrogard, period. Okay. Okay. We know that travel is in, I don't know, some ridiculous number, like 89% of horses who get on a trailer will develop an ulcer going around the block. It's from the stress. So aloe isn't going to be enough. Now, maybe if you've got a horse that is totally unstressed by walking on a trailer, aloe would be fine. But um, personally, I would be hitting that horse with Gastrogard. Now, okay. once I got to the show, I would be giving Gastrogard and I'd add aloe to the feed. Okay. If you need the medical grade aloe, um, that's what Biostar uses. We use right. the $250 okay. and, and- a pound aloe. Okay. And it's isn't that the hospitals in a, in like okay? So, but that's like in, it, but isn't it crystallized or something? It's not like yeah, a it's liquid because you you've got to put no, it in. Yeah, we put it into a formula. It's not a liquid. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Well, that is that's good information because I think that um, I've had people that have gone around before and again for just for different purposes. But and like you said, to recap, for allo sensitive horses. You can do the, um, what did you call it? The, the you had a, a, a name um, for the the jug, George's aloe. George's aloe. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so someone aloe. can use that. But when, okay, but when you're in a full blown ulcer situation, obviously ulcer guard is the best thing. But um, you have to use the um, higher grade of uh, the aloe, like the, that's found in the BioStar products. Yeah, and, and, and even, I mean, that again, think of it working like the drugs to crawl fate. It's, it coats, right. does not it stop does. the acid from being produced. Big difference. Gotcha. Yes. Okay. Well, good. That is great information. Can Thanks. And here we are at Critter Nutrition, and today the topic is EPM, New Research and Nutritional Support for Our Horses. Fifty years ago, researchers identified EPM, equine protozoal encephalitis, but it wasn't until the 1990s that the microscopic parasite S. neurona was identified as the culprit. Today we know there are actually two EPM-causing parasites, S. neurona and N. huesi. We also know that the definitive host for S. neurona and S. huisi and their sexual reproduction is the possum. But the intermediate hosts include cats, skunks, raccoons, armadillos, and sea otters. According to the American Association of Equine Practitioners, more than 50% and in some areas as high as 90% of horses in the U.S. may have been exposed to the organism that causes EPM. Not all horses exposed to the protozoa will develop the disease or show clinical signs of EPM. Some horses seem to mount an effective immune response and are able to combat the disease before it gains a foothold. 
Other horses, especially those under stress, can succumb rapidly to the debilitating effects of EPM. EPM has been reported not only in dogs, cats, and horses, but in zebras, raccoons, red pandas, ferrets, skunks, lynx, sea otters, sea lions, and the Pacific Harbor seal. The presence of antibodies against S. neuroma and N. Husey in the horse's blood does not mean the horse has EPM. According to research at UC Davis, less than 1% of seropositive animals will go on to develop EPM. The role of stress. Factors researchers have identified as stressful to the horse include shipping, showing, training, and pregnancy. In a 2016 study published in the Journal of Veterinary Internal Medicine, the preventative approaches to EPM include reducing stress along with reducing exposure to scat from possums, practical approaches such as not feeding off the ground, providing separate sources of fresh water for horses, and preventing wildlife access to horse pastures, Mm -hmm. paddocks, and stalls may also help reduce the incidence of protozoal infections in horses. The role of the immune system. Horses have two types of immune responses when exposed to pathogen, humoral and cell-mediated. The humoral response is systemic and involves the production of antibodies to counteract specific antigens. The cell-mediated response is the production of T-cells, which protect the body against intracellular organisms. The thymus gland provides the development of T-cells. Unlike generalized white blood cells like macrophages, which attack a wide range of antigen-producing pathogens, the T-cells respond to a single antigen, such as a specific virus or bacteria. In humans, it is estimated that the thymus gland produces 25 million to a billion different T-cells. According to Sharon Witoski, Associate Professor of Equine Field Service in the Department of Large Animal Clinical Sciences at the Virginia Maryland College of Veterinary Medicine, researchers have data to support that horses need to develop a cell-mediated response to protect against N neuroma, I mean S neuroma. The immune system and the GI tract. Throughout the intestinal tract, there are immune cells, lymphocytes, and macrophages. This immune system of the intestinal tract is called gut-associated lymphoid tissue, or GALT. Research has shown that interactions between the immune system and the bacteria colonizing the gut can have profound effects. We know, for instance, that active live probiotics can direct immune cell activity, reducing inflammation and aiding in the production of specific antibodies. Some researchers estimate that 70% of the body's immune cells originate in the gut. Support for EPM horses. Providing immune support for horses with EPM is essential, along with the FDA-approved treatments, rebalance, marquee, and protozil. Immune support. Bovine colostrum. Contains high levels of immunoglobin, specifically IgM, IgA, IgG, and IgA. These antibodies help neutralize pathogens. Keep in mind that commercial colostrum products vary greatly in quality and method of preparation. Look for high-potency, ethically-obtained formulations with an especially high IgG content, such as Biostar's Colostrum 38EQ. Bovine colostrum is an important food for horses with EPM because it uniquely provides the proline-rich peptides, these are called PRP, that act as regulators of the thymus gland. So now we're back to the cell mediation portion. 
bringing it to homeostasis. It can keep the thymus gland from overreacting, as, as in the case of hives, which is an overreactive, overreaction of the immune system, or kick it into gear if it is underperforming. In the case of EPM, the immune system is underperforming, and so the proline-rich peptides can stimulate the thymus for more T-cell production. Bovine colostrum's PRP content can help support the cell-mediate response against S. neuroma. Probiotics. Active live probiotics are important to the immune system tissues in the GI tract. Because there are literally billions of friendly and non-friendly bacteria of various strains that live in the gut, it is important to use probiotics that are multi-strain, providing a variety of healthy bacteria to the gut. The GI tract of horses is not a monoculture. It is a diverse and, pro- and a probiotic should reflect that. It is also important to use probiotics that have a high colony-forming unit. CFU count on the label, which is the standard measurement of active probiotics. For a horse dealing with EPM, you need a minimum of 200 billion CFUs per day, and in some cases as high as 400 billion per day. Biostar's Bioflora EQ probiotic prebiotic blend provides 100 billion CFUs per serving, making it ideal for EPM support. For EPM horses, I recommend the same cooling probiotic strains, lactobacillus and bifidus, used in Bioflora EQ. Yeast probiotics are heating to the GI tract. If an EPM horse is suffering weight loss or anorexia, then adding some yeast probiotics to the cooling probiotics would be beneficial. Managing stress. Stress plays a significant role in gut health and the immune system. It also plays a large role in EPM relapses. Although most common equine stressors are shipping, competing, and training, there are also others. Moving to a different barn or a different stall, losing an equine friend, human stress and drama in and around the barn, a new stall neighbor, a saddle, new bit, bridle that doesn't fit well, sudden changes in weather, extreme heat, the farrier, the vet, layup, a change in hay, barn construction, fireworks, hot air balloons, the arrival of a new horse, changes in barn help, grooms, or owners. When in situations that you know will stress your horse or when you see signs of stress in your horse, you want to reduce cortisol. You can supplement with holy basil or ashwagandha for cortisol reduction. A supplement that focuses on the brain-gut-adrenal axis is Biostar's Theracom, which which you can give as needed. Prevention. Keep possums out of the barn and pastures. Keep the feed room door door closed so no errant possum can decide to leave his his or her urine or feces there. Good horsekeeping management includes maintaining clean outside water troughs. Remember that cats can also be intermediate hosts for microparasites, as can armadillos, skunks, and raccoons. The AAEP recommends that picking up dead skunks, armadillos, raccoons, or cats on your property and disposing the carcasses to prevent possums from eating them may prevent many sporocysts from contaminating the environment and hence reduce the incidence of the disease. Fallen seed from bird seed bird feeders and fruit bearing trees also attract possums. Last year in Wellington at the house I rented in a residential area, a possum used the backyard privacy fence as a kind of highway around the neighborhood, going from yard to yard and never having to touch ground. When my two Australian shepherds caught sight of the possum one night, they sent that animal streaking away. Never saw the possum again, but it shows that even in suburbia, the possum can adapt. 
As we learn more about EPM and how the equine immune system can fight off the protozoans that cause it, it's important to be mindful of your horse's level of stress and of safeguarding pastures, water sources, barns, and feed rooms. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real fruit ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. And we are at story time now, and we're going to tell you the story of how the camel got his hump. By Rudyard Kipling. Now this is the next tale, and it tells how the camel got his big hump. In the beginning of years, when the world was so new and all, and the animals were just beginning to work for man, there was a camel, and he lived in the middle of a howling desert because he did not want to work. And besides, he was a howler himself. So he ate sticks and thorns and tamarisks and milkweed and prickles, most excruciating idle. And when anyone spoke to him, he said, Hump. Just. Hump. And no more. Presently, the horse came to him on Monday morning with a saddle on his back and a bit in his mouth and said, Camel, oh camel, Hump. come out and trot like the rest of us. Hump. Said the camel. And the horse went away and told the man. Presently, the dog came to him with a stick in his mouth and said, Camel, oh camel, come and fetch and carry like no Pomeranian ever has ever. Hump, said the camel, and the dog went away and told the man. Presently, the ox came to him with the yoke on his neck and said, Camel, oh camel, come and plow like the rest of us. Hump, said the camel, and the ox went away and told the man. At the end of the day, the man called the horse and the dog and the ox together and said, 303, I'm very sorry for you with the world so new and all, but that hump thing in the desert can't work, or he would be here by now, so I'm going to leave him alone, and you must work double time to make up for it. That made the three very angry, and with the world so new and all, they held a palaver, an indaba, and a punchyet and a powwow on the edge of the desert. And the camel came chewing on milkweed, most excruciatingly idle, and laughed at them. Then he said, Hump, and went away again. Presently, there came along the din in charge of all deserts, rolling in a cloud of dust. Dins always travel that way because it's magic. And he stopped to palaver and powwow with the three. Gin of all deserts, is it right for anyone to be idle with the world so new and all? Certainly not, said the din. Well, said the horse, there's a thing in the middle of your howling desert, and he's a howler himself, with a long neck and long legs, and he hasn't done a stroke of work since Monday morning. He won't trot. Ooh, said the din, whistling. 
That's my camel for all the gold in Arabia. What does he say about it? He says, Hump, said the dog. But he won't let him carry. Does he say anything else? Only Hump, and he won't plow, said the ox. Very good, said the din. I'll hump him if you will kindly wait a minute. The din rolled himself up in his dust cloak and took a bearing across the desert and found the camel most scrutiatingly idle, looking at his own reflection in a pool of water. My long and bubbling friend, said the din, what's this he I hear of you doing no work with the world so new and all? Humph, said the camel. The din sat down with his chin in his hand and began to think of great magic while the camel looked at his own reflection in the pool of water. You've given the three extra work ever since Monday morning, all on account of your excruciating idleness, said the din, and he went on thinking magics with his chin in his hand, said the camel. I shouldn't say that again if I were you, said the din. You might say it once too often. Bubbles, I want you to work. And the camel said, Again, but no sooner had he said it than he saw his back that he was so proud of, puffing up and puffing up into a great big lolloping hump. Did you see that? said the din. That's your very own hump that you've brought upon your very own self by not working. Today is Thursday, and you've done no work since Monday when work began. Now, you are going to work. How can I? said the camel. With this hump on my back. That's made to purpose, said the din. All because you missed those three days. You'll be able to work now for three days without eating because you can live on your hump. And don't you ever say I never did anything for you. Come out of the desert and go to the three and behave. Hump yourself. And the camel humped himself, hump and all, and went away to join the three. And from that day to this, the camel always wears a hump. We call it hump now, not to hurt his feelings. But he has never yet caught up with the three days that he missed at the beginning of the world. And he has never yet learned how to behave. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 